Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. Honestly, it's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and talk about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference in your life. And that's what we're going to hear from Richard in a way that only he can do with words of hope, insight, and humor. You may be stuck in traffic or stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help get you on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. So let's get right into today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Nunya. So does everybody know what Nunya means? Nunya business. One definition says, not your place to be concerned or involved with something, whatever it is. Nunya. Let me read you a few quotes and we'll get into this. This is Zig Ziglar, actually knew Zig and his wife, great man. He said, I believe that being successful means having a balance of success stories across the many areas of your life. You can't truly be considered successful in your business life if your home life is in shambles. Another quote, no one knows who said this, but gentlemen, I have lived a long time and am convinced that God governs in the affairs of men. If a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it is probable that an empire cannot rise without his aid. I move that prayer imploring the assistance of heaven be held every morning before you proceed to business. Clovis Chappelle, <clears throat> not related, a religion that does not permeate and purify and uplift and sanctify business and business relations is not the religion of Jesus Christ. And then another, not attribute to anybody, faith. It does not make things easy, it makes them possible. So, most people don't spend their lives in the ministry, although we'll get to that, that maybe that's what should be going on in one category at least. I spent 10 years in the business world, even before that, worked my way through college, a couple of jobs, paved highways. If you want to shovel some asphalt, as long as we got good boots, I'll go with you for a while. But work. If you go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. There was a purpose for Adam, and even before the fall, there was a purpose. After the fall, you read a few chapters later, there's going to be toil, sweat of your brow. Work is hard. I've developed a new appreciation for the trades. My wife and I ended up buying a house. We did not know we were taking it to the studs. Oh, yeah. So I'm in a recovery group. If you need one, come to ours. But Lord willing, I'm never doing that again. From the guys that did the foundation to the sheet rockers, to the tape and bed, to the painters, everybody, what struck me is these guys would come in and it was every day, every day, every day. They would work hard all day long. In my case, mostly because my friends that helped me with this were Hispanic, I had mostly Hispanic contractors. So it was pretty quiet on the job site at first, and then it's time to go to work, and they all got sound systems. They all got sound system. <laughs> and when it was time to go to work, it was Tejano music for like five hours straight. And then boom, somebody would kill it. About an hour and a half, they'd sit and eat lunch. Time to go back to work. <laughs> you know, till quitting time. But what struck me about all that was, there's no escape for these guys. 
right? They got up every day early and I got in there with them and, you know, would try to help stay ahead of them in some ways. You know, there's just no way around work being work, right? But you can get consumed with your work, especially as a man. I'm not saying this isn't a woman thing, but as a man, it can be very dangerous because you can kind of start mixing what you do with like who you are, right? So when men meet men, we don't usually say, oh, hello, who are you? You know, let's talk about your feelings. One of the first things we ask is, hey, what do you do? And then he better have a good answer or he's nobody. Oh, I'm a sheetrocker. Oh, so nice to meet you. And, you know, we walk off. No, you're a sheetrocker. I want to talk to you because I got respect for that. You are not what you do, right? You are who you are. And if you don't figure out who you are, then you're going to be just barreling through life trying to prove things to people that don't even care. It can just be catastrophic. So let's talk through this through the scriptures. Leviticus 19 verse 13. You shall not cheat your neighbor nor rob him. The wages of him who is hired shall not remain with you all night until morning. What does that mean? If someone does work for you, pay them. Now, why is this stuff in the Bible? Because we can be terrible people. If you have it in your hand, pay someone, right? Now, this is really practical stuff. You say, well, wait, I don't care about this. I want to learn something spiritual. This is spiritual, Because what happens to businessmen and women is that you come in here, you turn on a sermon, you read your Bible, and then you shut that thing up and go out in the business world, and the Holy Spirit says, hey, what are we doing here? And we say what? Nunya. This is my life. We went to church. I read your verses. This is none your business, God. I'm not asking you how you want to run my business. You say, well, who's doing that? I don't know. Look around. Ask people. Why wouldn't you want to have a conversation with God and say, okay, Lord, this is your business. I belong to you. Everything that I have belongs to you. So what do you want us to do today? The reason you can't pray that is you don't trust him because if you do it his way, you can't do it your way. And if you're cutting corners, not paying your taxes, not paying people, I'm telling you, this is why so many business people can't share their faith in the business world. Because people look at him and go, what? You're a crook. I was in the real estate business years ago. And the worst of the worst were guys who were just taking people to the cleaners, but you'd go in their office. They had a big old, big old fat Bible sitting on their desk. You ran from those people. A Christian person who runs their business by Christian principles understands this is not my business. This is his business. So you can't say to God, it's none your business. I am just the steward of what is yours. Now, if you run your business that way, and people say, yeah, I'm partners with Jesus. He's not your partner. He's your owner. It's your business. What do you want to do here? Then you do that. You say, but what if he asked me to do something I'm not comfortable doing, or I just don't have enough faith for that? Then tell him that. Say, Lord, you, you know, I know it's what you want to do with your business, but this is scary. I know the future. Trust me. You've heard me say this before. I think it should be illegal. You should have to sign some type of disclaimer if you're a Christian in business telling people that it's not level ground. It's insider trading. You go to make a business decision, you go to buy stock, you go to do something that involves the future or the present, and you say, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? And everybody tells you, buy this stock now, it's going to go to whatever, jump in now. And the Holy Spirit says, do not spend my money on that stock. And you're like, what are you, crazy God? This is my money. 
oh, really, now it's your money. You have to learn to walk and talk with Jesus or you're going to jack your whole life up, the only life you have. And how many hours do I spend with 60, 70, 80, 90-year-old men and women, mostly men, though, who are complete idiots and gave their whole lives to chasing something? It just dissolves in their hands and they want their life back. They want their wife back. They want their kids back. They want to go back to things that matter. So... I haven't shared maybe this in a while. Rebecca, my wife and I used to be in the dress business. I ran that, you know, I like doing this more. I think that was the right way to say that. But here's how it can work. Every day of my life for those years, the first thing I did was call the bank and see what the balance was in the account, what had cleared the account that night. The second thing was to check the mail and see if anybody had paid for what they bought. And people say, oh, you don't understand the stresses of business. We sold our car one day to meet payroll. You say, well, how do you live that way? You either trust him or you don't, but it can be stressful sometimes even when you trust him. So in those conversations, you'd say, well, but you're a preacher. Not to them, I wasn't. I was running a dress business. And we'd end up holding hands and praying and people get saved around the conference table buying buttons. And they go, what in the world is that? You can't mix business and religion. I didn't. I mix business and Jesus. Nobody's interested in your religion. Because how can I say I care about you and not say what really could save your life? And you say, well, what if they get upset? You know, I'm not trying to upset anybody. I care. So what if somebody looks at you, you bring up Jesus, they go, hey, dude, none ya. I go, okay, I get it. But don't be saying on the judgment day, nobody tried. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And there's nothing in the New Testament about first fruits and all this giving stuff like there was in the Old Testament. But let me just tell you how this goes easy. When you receive, you give up front. I made a decision years ago to do payroll deduction. It never gets in my hot little hands, right? What I give to this church and have since its inception, it does not come to me. I automatically say, put it back in. If you live your life saying, okay, Lord, I want to give, and you give him the leftovers, there's never anything left over. But I will tell you this from personal experience. You get it to him first, he will take care of you the rest of the way. I don't have a system to check all this. And when people are in financial trouble, one of the first things I say, Lord, well, if something's not right here and they have not figured out sowing, reaping, giving, this is going to go poorly and you better figure it out. Because if you don't learn to manage your money, you've heard me say this repeatedly. If you can't give 10 on 100, you'll never give 100 on 1,000. You'll never get 1,000 on 10,000. You're not going to do it because the numbers get big. You can't outgive God. Not going to happen. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. I got to be careful because I don't have much patience for lazy, right? If a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Now, if you can say, well, I'm disabled or, you know, I get all that. Okay, let's take care of those people. The poor, I get that. But if you're just lazy, you're just lazy. You know, I wish I had that. Well, get a job and go get it. Now you say, well, I'm trying to find work. I'm not lazy. I get all that. But if you're just straight up lazy, you're lazy. Don't be lazy. Proverbs 20, verse 4. The lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during harvest and have nothing. Oh, it's cold. I don't know. Oh, we can't plow in this. What are you talking about? 
Proverbs 22:16, he who oppresses the poor to increase his riches and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. You want a real life situation on this? Get this day laborer thing. You got people who are here illegally behind a convenience store somewhere and some Christian man rolls up in there, throws them in the back of his truck, takes them to a job site, makes them work and then doesn't pay them. You know why he didn't pay him? Where are they going to go to the cops? You better get you a brain somewhere. God's watching all this mess. You know, you hit that tetherball hard, it's going to come around and smack you in the back of the head. There's consequence to this stuff. Oh, but, oh, but, oh, but. I've been using the oh, buts on the speed limit for a long time. (laughs) The sign says 75. This is how I think. I was driving down Highway 77. In my demented minds, if I get pulled over, I say, well, officer, I must have confused the highway number with the speed limit. I thought it was 77, your honor. You're destroying your testimony because people watch. Don't give them something to shoot at like that. Luke 10. Now, I'm going to read you this story in a completely different light. This is the story about the Good Samaritan, okay? Luke 10, 25, behold, a certain lawyer stood up, tested him, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you've answered rightly, do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. Now by a chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. Now who is, it's not just that he's a Samaritan. This guy is on a business trip. And he does not separate out his compassion from his business. Oh, I give to that shelter, they'll take care of this. No, I'm here, this is my problem. A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave it to the innkeeper, and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So on my way back through, I'll pay you back. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So this is what I keep telling you. Go and do likewise. Be a Christian every day. You're in ministry. You say, no, I'm not. I'm in business. What do you think you're there for? You're on your way. Be a neighbor. Go and do likewise. So your radar has to be scanning where you're willing to say, you own me, not just my business. These are your hands. These are your eyes, your mouth, your feet. I will go where you want me to go, do what you want me to do, say what you want me to say. Then if out of that relationship, You have a situation in your business because you're already in conversation about everything else. You say, Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? And then you get really quiet and he says, do this. You say, how do you know that? Because you're listening. Trust me, I know what you don't know. I see what you don't see. I am God and I ain't your partner. I'm your owner. Do what I said. Yes, sir, thank you, sir. 
I think I should listen to you more. And you say, well, but if I do it this way you're describing and live this way, what if God doesn't want me to be rich? What if he blesses me, but then he wants to give it all away? I don't want an owner like that. I want it for me. What about my boat? What about... (laughs) He's not going to let me do anything fun. He's going to ruin my life. No, you're already doing a great job of that. You're smarter than God? What if he says, give it all away? I did a little research. You go down the line. You go do a little reading up on Hobby Lobby. Go reading up on Kathy, Chick-fil-A. His quote's about people walking a mall, people coming and going. There's one place shut down. They go, why is that place closed? Because it might be okay to rest one day. Well, I'm just not doing this. God, it's none you. It's none of your business. It's none of your blank business, in fact. I wrote you a check. I gave you some money. I'll leave you alone. You leave me alone. Oh, now we're bribing God to leave us alone? (laughs) Acts 18. Some of this is like, oh, you think, well, is this something spiritual? It's all spiritual. It's in the scriptures. Acts 18.1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. And now they're where Paul is. And he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation, they were tent makers. They manufactured mobile homes. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath day and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. So Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, is now wasting his days making tents? Is that how you feel about your business? What if Paul has a reputation for not only making a great tent, but selling them at a fair price, and now when he goes into the synagogue to preach, his life is not a contradiction of his message? Your work is not a waste of time. Now, I will tell you straight up, the fact that I get to do what I do full time seems illegal to me. And I come across pastors who are bivocational. Oh my gosh, Lord, this is extraordinary. I don't take this for granted, right? And anyone who gets to do their work and their vocation and their work, all the same thing is, is mind boggling. But there's nothing bad about any kind of work unless it's illegal, unethical, immoral, or unbiblical. 1 Corinthians 10.31 If you don't know what to do sometime, memorize this verse and just say, Lord, okay, this. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's it. So if you work someplace, you know, we're in Vegas for a convention. We're going over to a strip club. Who's going? You don't go, you're going to hell. You know, you don't have to get up and give a speech, right? You just say, hey, guys, I'm out. I got to go up to the room and call my wife and kids. I think they'd think that was a better idea. You say, but if I don't go to the strip club with the guys, or women get caught in this too sometimes. I got stories about women taking guys to strip clubs to compromise them, and then they do business. You say, Lord, is doing this going to glorify you? And you listen, it won't take you long. He goes, nah, I'm out. You say, well, I might not get some business. Let God run his business and worry about getting you business. He can drop business out of the sky, right? Unless you don't trust him. We'll get back to Richard in a moment to close out today's talk. But first, I want to share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to take the planet 
So it's our prayer that these daily talks from Richard aren't something you only hear and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. Together, we can do this. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's such a priority to us. So join us in this important mission. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD to say you're in. Or you can get on board with us through our website, richardellistalks.com. Well, here's Richard with some closing thoughts for us. Why go through all of this mess when if you just had a conversation, you just say, Lord, not my will, your will be done. I'm tired of doing what I want to do. Even if I think it succeeds, it's still a waste of time if it's not your will. You only got so many minutes, hours, days down here. Don't be blowing through them like there's no tomorrow. Stop. Think. Pray. Lord, is this your will? Again, if you're listening to him and he says, Richard, no, don't do that. And you go, okay. And then your friends say, hey, I thought the other day you said you were moving and going to buy and sell whatever it was and make some money. What happened to that? Ah, the owner shut that thing down. I met with the owner and he put the kibosh on that. What? I thought you owned your business. Yeah, I did. I signed it over. Now he owns it. And they say, what are you talking about? Okay, you asked. It's not my business. It's not my money. It's not my life. In fact, I didn't even wake me up this morning, so I can't take credit for any of it. Oh, dude, but you're smart. You're a brilliant business person. You're wise. You know the timing to buy and sell. Be careful when someone says that to you to go, well, you know what? You're right about that. (laughs) If you're really all that smart, you'd be following Jesus. If you're really all that wise, it would all belong to him. And then the only stories you got is, oh, yeah, I mean, I almost got myself in a big old mess. But he said no, and I trusted him and redirect. That was not his will. So if you know the right thing to do is not to go buy something, go do some business, whatever you're dreaming up, and the Holy Spirit has said to you, don't do that, and you do it anyway, now it's disobedience. But what is that? It's sin. The person who knows what is right to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Now you're in big trouble. Now you're living a life of sin because you would not listen to God and you just barreled ahead and did what you wanted to do. And this is my favorite. When they come by the office, can I come by and see you? I said, absolutely, come in, come in. Let's talk, what happened? Well, I, you know, I think something went wrong. I can't figure it out. I'm like, dude, I can help you. We can save a lot of time. You're an idiot. <laughs> did you ask God before you made that decision? You can't imagine how many people have come through this church And they fall in love, sleeping with some woman, some man. They got it all figured out. And all we say is, hey, come by. Let's sit down and talk about it. Let's make sure this is all good. Oh, we're in love, dude. What could you pot? It's none you. Okay. And then the phone starts ringing. Hey, can I come by and see you? What happened? Well, it's not working out. It takes everything within me. I'm not going to say I told you so. I'll take him in and start listening. Stop wasting God's time, your time, my time, everybody's time being such an idiot. Don't be a fool. Listen. Everybody wants to talk to Jesus after they've made a mess. No one wants to talk to Jesus before they make the mess. Because the Holy Spirit starts saying, hey, what are we doing here? La, 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 la. You know, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. None of your business, God. And then every once in a while, someone gets a brain and says, okay, you know, this has never worked out good for me, business, anything else. Okay, Lord, what do you want to do? And then they start listening. What if you get three job offers? Which one do you take? What are you going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to listen and say, Lord, which one? 
Now, you'd think he'd say, oh, go with the one with more money. He may say, go with the one you hate. Lord, are you sure? Yeah, you know my voice. I said, take that one. That doesn't sound very exciting. I'm not here for the excitement, big boy. I'm here to reach those people. And if you'll just get your backside over there and do what I told you to do, I'll get you out of there to something else you enjoy. I'm not worried about you enjoying it all the time. I'm trying to reach people. Grandma's been praying for them for 30 years. Take the job, go reach the people, and we'll go down the road. You know, well, that's what this is all about. It isn't about stockpiling a bunch of stuff you can't take with you anyway, right? My favorite is, and we've talked about this a little bit, I look at somebody and I say, if you died today, where would you go? And every once in a while you get a, it's none of your business. It's none of you. And I say, well, okay. But again, what I said earlier, do not die and stand before God and say, nobody tried. I am trying to tell you that God loves you. Don't be a fool and end up in hell because you were stiff-necked, hard-hearted, and would not yield. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Say, God, is that you? This is going to cost me my whole life and eternity. I'm listening. This has been Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. There's only one reason we do this program, to take the planet with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our message and our mission. And you have a vital part of doing that along with us. If you've been encouraged by these talks with Richard, be sure to share with someone about the change they've made in your life. And we'd love to hear your story as to how the talks have made a difference to you. Give us a call. We'd love to talk with you. 855-6-RICHARD. You can also reach us through our website, richardellistalks.com. And while you're there, check out all the fun and informative pages we put together for you, richardellistalks.com. While you're there, be sure to click on the Contribute tab at the top to send your generous gift. If the program is making a difference to you, your gift will make a big difference to us. Until next time, thanks so much for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.